Will Virginia find their three-pointer in time for conference play? I don't know, but let's discuss. You are Locked On Virginia, your daily podcast on the Virginia Cavaliers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good day, viewers and listeners. I am your host, Big Law, Lawrence Johnson, and welcome to Locked On Virginia Cavaliers Podcast, your first place to come to get your Wahoo fix every day as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's date is 12-29-2022, and this will be a post-game review of the game of UVA versus Albany, the Great Danes, Uh, and... I can tell you about, I can tell you like this. I'm there, you know, in the, in the, uh, in the stadium, in the John Paul Jones arena. And I'm kind of thinking the energy was just down. I think that University of Virginia was playing down to the competition. And we're going to talk about that. There's a few things. We'll talk about the win, of course. And we'll talk about the struggles from three point. We'll get into uh, what I think they need to do to fix it. And then we'll, we'll talk about, you know, what we're going to look for looking forward with this team, with Georgia Tech uh, playing uh, or them going to Atlanta playing Georgia Tech on Saturday. But like I said, uh, they beat Albany 66 to 46. And in the stadium, which was probably at about 75% capacity, still was loud at times. But it was really dead to me. It was really the energy. I mean, they had people there, but the energy just wasn't there. And, and I'm thinking, you know, are we really, you know, as, as a team, are we really the way that we are now? Are we going to be this way for the rest of the season? Um, you know, maybe some players get hot here or there. But Amon Franklin, who started out, made at one for six. Uh, which was really alarming because he has been on a terrible slump right now. Uh, since the Illinois game, um, he's really been shooting really bad. And he's, he kind of he broke out of it. I'll call it that. He wound up with 20 points uh, for the game, which, in, in my opinion, is um, considered, a, I guess we'll call that a breakout game for him, being that he's had um, some really bad games. Uh, probably the last four or five games have been really bad for him. And he's, he, he scored 10 points in the first half, but he shot like two, four, uh, eight, two for nine. And then he came out and he shot um, lights out, you know, from, from three-point range. He was uh, 100%. I think he shot a two for two from three. And I think he was four for four um, after that. And so – you know, he wound up with 20 points uh, overall, and that, that's what the Wahoos needed. But, you know, uh, if Amon Franklin can be a, a, a scorer, a shooter, which is what they really need from him, then this team is a different team. But they need more than just Amon Franklin. Oh, and did I tell you that Reese Beekman did not play 
because of his hamstring injury that he's been fighting for the past four and a half games. Um, I, I I can tell you this. This is a different team uh, without Reese Beekman. Reese is really the best player on the team. He really is. He's the best defensive player. And then he's also, quite frankly, the best offensive player based off of what he does. And I'm not talking about from a scoring aspect. I'm talking about as a one-on-one player. He's the one player who truly can get to the rim and and, and get points when he wants to. Uh, he can also win healthy. He can elevate, play above the rim. He, I'm talking his offensive game now. He also is one of the, well, the best distributor on the team just because of his size. Uh, and they'll, they will, like I said, they will give him one-on-ones as well where he'll get an opportunity to get to the rim and get fouled. So right now, I mean, Reese Beekman not being there, you're looking at uh, a team that's similar to last year where they have to depend on their defense to kind of generate their offense and to get their energy going. Where the first three, four games of this year, they were shooting lights out from three. They were getting a lot of uh, getting to the bucket, shooting a lot of foul shots as well. That's kind of disappeared here with this uh, team. I'm not saying they can't get back to it, but right now with Reese Beekman out and the team shooting just absolutely awful from three, which and this is a big part of Tony Bennett's offense, the blocker mover system, looking for open threes uh, or getting open shots precise passing um you know that's something that i think that this team you know needs to do is make their outside shots now i will give you this let's talk about you know the struggles from three-pointing from three-point shooting um ta clark didn't didn't uh take any threes uh this game or he didn't make any threes this game but we did have um uh bennett vanderplas make uh, a three uh, in this game, which we need him as a stretch five. He also started in place of Caden Cedric. Uh, I think Tony Bennett is really trying to mix and match some of his pieces to find out, you know, what he wants to do. I mean, you did have your two big men, your two bigger men, your 6'11 and 7-footer Poppy Caffaro on the bench along with Caden Cedric and I think that he really wants to, to try to switch things around. Now, this team was probably the team to try it on because they weren't all that large, big as a, big as a team. So, uh, but I will tell you this: they are scrappy. They were scrappy. It was just a two point game, you know. Um, you know, and as it was a two point game, uh, going and get ready to go into the half, I, I was just sitting there like, guys, you guys, we have to, you know, change the energy of what's happening right now, you know, with this team because the it seemed like everyone in the stands was dead. The the, the bench was not playing uh, the way that we should see this team play against uh, some of these other teams. And I, I, I felt like there has to be something to get this game moving in a different direction. And we did have a spark. And I'll explain to you what that spark is in a second. 
BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for a professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today to use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. So yeah, um, the explosion that I was talking about was my guy Kihei Clark. Kihei Clark, like his the miniature Superman that he is, I call him the little general for a reason. Kihei is the heart and soul of this team. I don't want to hear anybody else complain about Kihei Clark and talk about how they're upset with him and how he just doesn't, uh, you know, you know, make enough shots or he's turning the ball over. Yes, he does have some mistakes. He's a smaller player, and sometimes he is prone to turn the ball over some. But for what he brings this team, I don't care what anyone else says. He has the pedigree. He has the championship ring. He's been in all types of pressure situations. Understand his stat line. Eight points, ten assists, four rebounds, okay, and two steals at the right time, at the right place of the game. Did I tell you that when I was in the stadium, it was dead and... When Kihei got these two back-to-back steals, he was actually, I believe, on SportsCenter. He got these back-to-back steals right out in the open. It's, it's probably the one of the most embarrassing things that you could have happen to you in basketball. Is if you're a point guard and you're dribbling the ball down and the opposing point guard is Ding you up, is giving you the defense, you know, all the way, every inch by inch down the court, and you get ripped or you get the ball stolen from you, as we would say, <laughs> you know, on the court where I'm from. You got ripped. And Kihei rips the ball from him, steals the ball from him, goes the other way, scores two points. The roof absolutely exploded off of the stadium. So he does it again. The guy's dribbling down. Kihei. Strips him again, takes the ball, and swoops in for another two points. Back-to-back steals. It was at a frenzied pace. Even though I said it was 75% filled, it was, quite frankly, the loudest that I've heard it in, a, in, in some time. Based off of, you know, what, uh, you know, what we're accustomed to there the jpj absolutely amazing um but after that moment the team totally turned around totally turned around the 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 roof came off the energy was up the bench was hype all the players uh you could see them just get more and more demonstrative after that and that and what i mean by that is that is that's good energy that is everybody excited everybody's hype Everybody is, 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 is into the game. It was just a different energy. The fans were more and more excited, and, and they were so loud after that play. 
I did not expect for this, you know, for the game to turn on a dime. But that momentum is something that you that, that you can't you can't always um, you know you can't always gauge, you know, and, and how well and how big of a impact it could be when you get that momentum. And I can tell you, once that uh, happened, this was a different team. This team looked like the team they were playing, the, the team that was playing uh, in the beginning of the year. Um, another thing is, speaking with some of my media professionals, uh, we actually, you know, looked at some things from a statistical standpoint. We wanted to see, and we know we know that Tony Bennett loves to walk the ball up. He wants to set his offense. He wants to set things up for the long haul. Um, I had a spirited discussion with one of my media guys, and I, and, and I said to him, you know, they're in the press box or in the press area. I said, when you're, and this is my opinion, we're this much more talented than the next team. This is a small school up in New York. You know, they play, you know, they have a basketball team, undersized guys. UVA, based off of their skill set, their talent, where they are um, as far as a program, they should have blown this team out, and it shouldn't even have been close. But because you play a slow-down style, you will, and if you have a bad shooting night, you allow them to stick around. And I know, I know a lot of people are going to be upset with me. A lot of people are going to say, this is the way Tony wants to do it. This is Tony's deal. This is the way Tony plays. My opinion is when you're that much better than a team and you're not executing the way that you should be executing, you got to change something up a little bit. You got to tweak it. What I was saying was they need to play a little bit more of an up-tempo game. And what I mean by up-tempo is I'm not saying all of a sudden they become the Los Angeles Lakers with uh, Magic Johnson and Kareem and James Worthy. What I'm saying is they need to play up-tempo or they need to secondary break or break when they have long rebounds. When, when UVA plays their pack line defense to its, to its best, it forces you to shoot outside. And a lot of those shots are desperation threes or desperation distance shots. If there's a distant shot, typically you have a long rebound. What I'm saying is if you get a long rebound, right, and if you can determine you have numbers, you need to take that ball down and see if you can get some easy buckets. And the reason why I'm saying this is we don't have guys making shots right now. And whenever we're struggling to score, that's not going to help us. That's not going to put us in a proper position when we're talking about playing the Dukes, the North Carolinas. You know, some of these teams that are in the ACC. Remember, you can lose any night, even Virginia Tech. You know, another good basketball team out there uh, in the ACC. This is how you lose games to qualified teams. And a lot of these teams are... Are, you know, the ACC is down a little bit. I, I will say that. But you know how it is when conference play, conference play comes around. Everybody is gunning for you. And especially Virginia, 
they're always um, targeted because of the way that uh, people always tend to shoot their best game. They always tend to shoot, you know, the best outside or play the best outside shooting game that they have. And they save it for the University of Virginia's games. Uh, but uh, I think they definitely, definitely need to run the ball a little bit more. I mean, play up-tempo a little bit more. I counted, you know, when there was opportunities for them to go up-tempo and how they did, they actually scored eight points. And this was during that stretch when we had the Kihei uh, blow up, you know, and Kihei just, you know, blew the roof off of everything with those plays. So after those plays, Kihei, you know, turned the energy. They also pushed the ball a little bit more, which is something I felt that they really needed to do. And they did. And they got eight points, two three pointers, um, uh, a layup, and they got fouled on one. And they wound up scoring um, off of the free throws. And there should have been another uh, two points that they should have scored as well. But um, Isaac McNeely decided to take the ball when he had other guys around him that he could have passed to. But he, he, he drove to the basket and, and um, got a charging foul. So, you know, this is just, you know, if I had, there was a comment box at the JPJ outside the uh, – outside the locker room, my comment or, or my suggestion would be play just, I'm not asking him to change any of his philosophies, so to speak. Just give me just a little bit of a, a tweak to where if you get a long rebound or a turnover, push, push just a little bit. And then the other statistical parts that I was, uh, th that I took down, I kind of, took down the parts where you could have, where the team could have ran or, or could have uh, gone up tempo, but did not. And it was subject to the effect of um, like 10 possessions. They wound up scoring like 15 points. And, you know, it, it was kind of what Tony Bennett typically would want to see. But, you know, let's – uh. You know, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna continue to make notes and to um, or take notes, you know, and 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 and, and make sure that I kind of keep up on this and keep up with some of my media guys about what's uh, you know what's a a good philosophy when they run, how well do they do? When they don't run, you know, when they have an opportunity to, how are they scoring points? Because when they're not scoring outside shots, they're in trouble. They have they 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 will have Hard, a hard time scoring because some of these defenses in the ACC will lock you down. But, yeah, but when the team is shooting two for 12 outside of Armand Franklin, you know, who has been some timing himself in these last games, that's not going to cut it if we think this team is going to go where we need to go. And we have guys who can shoot it. We have guys who can pull it. You know, we're talking Armand Franklin when he's healthy. Or when he can shoot. Reese Beekman has proven that he can shoot it this year. Isaac McNeely, the freshman who came in, who started for Reese Beekman, he's really, I think he's more of the dead eye shooter. I think once you give him, once you get him the open shot, you have a lot of confidence with him shooting the ball, you know, once he's in the game. 
and with an open shot. And of course, you know, Kihei will pull a three-pointer out every now and then, but, you know, he really is more of a distributor. But, you know, when we've needed it, he has pulled some threes out, you know, and has done a great job, you know, with doing that. Uh, and then also uh, we got Bennett Vanderplas, uh, another three-point shooter at the uh, center power forward position. But the one player that they really need to get involved with, I'm going to tell you about him in one second. Thank you for making Locked On Virginia your first listen every day. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few become a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are your odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, or you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there now, right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you're thinking you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead and get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life and someone else's forever. Drive sober sober, or get pulled over. But back to the player I was talking about. We're talking about my man, Jaden Gardner. Basically, what I'm saying is we need to make sure that he gets fed. If they don't feed him, you know, as, as much as they need to, this team is going to really struggle down when we get into, uh, you know, when we start getting into the season. And we need easier buckets, closer shots. To me, he looks more he looks like a better player to me this year um he looks quicker he looks stronger he looks more even more explosive you know um as well i'm excited to see what he uh you know w- what he uh brings this season but we need to continue to get him shots remember he was all acc third third year he he looked great um you know and, and what he did um in this um you know, beginning of this year, you know, getting his shots, you know, he was kind of slow because they're making so many threes. But when they needed him, he was getting easy shots. He has a nice little mid-range game that he's, uh, you know, that he's honed. is like his specialty. So we need to continue to work him and get him the ball. So Jaden Gardner is the man uh, that we need to, you know, keep him. Don't forget about him and keep him moving, you know, going into ACC play. 
which starts Saturday against Georgia Tech. Um, so make sure you guys tune into that. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this team does in conference play. Uh, question is, is Reese Beekman going to be available for Saturday's game? Of course, he sat out yesterday for the game because of his hamstring injury. And if he's going to be the player we need him to be, we need him to get healed quick. Smart decision by the staff at uh, at uh, the University of Virginia and Tony Bennett and the crew. But like Tony said, it's maybe giving him a week of rest, it's better. I'm worried, you know, about this long term for the season. But we'll just see how it all shakes out, you know, and hopefully he can, uh, you know, he'll be able to recover, uh, you know, and hopefully recover in quick fashion because, you know, he's the best player on the team and we don't have him, you know, he's the player who really separates us from regular teams, in my opinion. He's exceptional on the defensive end and he's exceptional on the offensive end. So, when your best player on both sides of the ball is out, it makes a huge difference for your team. And I'm not saying that a lot of other players can't step up or they haven't stepped up because they have. But I think if he's healthy at Houston, I think maybe we could win that game at the Houston game. And he's healthy at Miami, I think we definitely win that game in Miami. We lost that game by two points. So when your best player is hurt and you're playing these ranked teams, it's definitely going to uh, make a difference. But the Wahoos rank right now number 13. Let's see how our team reacts to this win. Of course, this wrapped up uh, the non-conference play. Now we're down to the nitty-gritty. And let's get into this conference play. Let's see how our team progresses. And let's see, you know, where some of the unsung heroes. Although I do have one before I let you go. Check out that Ryan Dunn kid, man. I think Ryan Dunn is like an unsung hero for this team. Even though Reese Beekman is our number one perimeter player, Ryan Dunn instantly, true freshman, getting tons of playing time. He is our second best defender perimeter player on the roster, and I don't even think it's close. So more things to talk about down the road, but you guys will see me tomorrow. Also, I'm looking to do a... Uh, well, my guy Casey Pazalia, I'll be doing a what is called a uh, a year in review, uh, and we may split it up. We may do two shows based off of how much we're going to cover, but it'll be a year in review for Virginia sports. Maybe we'll do a basketball and a football year in review. You know what we thought at the beginning of 2022 to where we are now and where we're looking to go forward. So, uh, but thank you for making it lo- locked on Virginia your first listen today. Make sure you check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, guys. I'll see you tomorrow.